Hey, my name is Gabe, and you've tuned in to the Driven Few podcast. Sit back, enjoy, and help me welcome my next guest. Driven Few sipping on a Red Bull. First guest I'd like to introduce is a photographer. He's the owner of a company. He's a father, and he is an absolute lovable gem of a human being that I have the pleasure of knowing. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Ryan Williams. Thank you, Gabe. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Appreciate it. You forgot husband. Husband, got, I'm so sorry. I got to tell my wife. I know. You, you're just juggling too many things that I can't keep up. I got know? lots of things going on. <laughs> yeah. lots what, of do you, what, what do you got going on right now? Uh, a lot. I've been. Oh, and I forgot the <clears throat> podcaster. Podcaster, yeah. Podcast host. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even forgot about that myself. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it, what is it called? Sorry. Uh, what do you make of it? What you make it. What you make it. Meaning life is what you make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, li- I liked your description of it. I remember when you first posted it, you said uh, people who, um, what was it, take life. Uh, and so, I can't remember in their own in their own account. Like take the life in their own hands. You know yeah, what I mean? Take, I was like, that's yeah, that's what it was. It's so it's life is what you make it. Meaning just people that write their own rules, people that are making the life that they want instead of uh, making the life that they want instead of living by somebody else's uh, dicta- uh, dicta- dictations. I think so. Is that a word? Um, being dictated to. <laughs> <laughs> being being dictated to, right? So basically, um, there's a lot of people out there that work on a nine-to-five job and they hate it, mm-hmm. right? But then there's a lot of people out there that work on a nine-to-five job and they're taking the reins and they're saying, okay, I work this nine-to-five job because I want to travel or I want to start a side hustle or I want to do this or I want to do that. And so those are the people that I want to talk to. Those are the mm-hmm. people that I want to have on my podcast. Uh, for the most part, the people that I've had on my podcast have been like entrepreneurs. Uh, because for me, they are making life exactly as they picture it in their head. So yeah. it's basically just another way of saying chasing your dreams. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm glad we started this podcast off with a uh, advertisement for your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. What you make a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I am Ryan Williams. All right. Let's cut this down. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I appreciate you coming out. So, yeah, you have a lot of things. You're juggling a lot of things. Like, do you find that do you find that difficult? Because you're, you were just telling me you're new into the, you know, making life what what you make it kind of lifestyle. Like, yeah. So since I, May, right? Yeah. Okay. So I jumped into full time entrepreneurship in May of this year, which is 2019. Um, but I've always, once again, I've always been sort of under the mindset that my full-time job is is just going to pay for my side hustle. Yeah. Like my full-time job is paying for my photography. What, what were you doing before this? Uh, so I was in dental. Okay. Really? Yeah. I was in dental sales. Are you, were you a de- oh, okay. I was imagining like no, dentist, dentist Ryan Williams. Yeah. Right? No, Dr. Can Dr. You hear Williams. Me? Can you hear me all right? It doesn't sound like it's coming all the way through. There we go. That's better. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, so were, I was in dental sales. You're selling teeth? And veneers, uh, yeah, oh yeah. So that really? was that actually is a part of the business. So yeah. in dental sales, you sell supplies. I was a distributor, so yeah, I sold supplies and equipment. Um, and we didn't have at one of my dental sales jobs, we did actually sell teeth for dentures. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then at the it's a big market right now. Yeah, at the last one, it wasn't. Uh, we didn't really sell. We didn't have a strong offering for teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds weird. Well, doesn't I want to hear your sales pitch. Uh, so, so like, are you cold calling and being like, Hey, you know? Yeah. So one of the things about the dental sales industry in general is that it's really relationship based. Yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, I used to be in copier sales and where you would have like a really like sort of distinct sales pitch Mm -hmm. and you would go into a, you know, go into an office and be like, hi, 
uh, I'm Ryan Williams. I'm with such and such company. How many employees work here? Um, I feel like you'd be so good at that. But that's but you're, so, the, you're like you're the guy like when you meet you the first time, it's like I've known you for ten years. Honestly, that's what I try to do with everybody. Is that um, is that just a natural thing? Like you've always been like that, or did you have to train yourself to be the outgoing kind of make everyone comfortable guy? No, man, I've always been outgoing. That's good, man. Always like that's just been a part of my personality. Yeah. Um, everybody always sort of like referred to me, referred to me, and like sort of um, I guess paralleled me with Will Smith. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that the Canadian Will Smith. Yeah. So yeah. So um, have you ever acted? I, I was an extra in a couple movies, but okay. I've never actually had any speaking roles or anything I can see, like that. Yeah, I can see that. And that was when I was really, really young. Okay. Um, funny story on that, though. I didn't act because I went into drama, and I always thought that there was a chance that I could be an actor. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that think because other people are doing it, if there's, if there's at least one other people doing whatever it is, I can do it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so... I thought, I was like, I can go into acting. Of course I can go into acting. Why not? Mm-hmm. So, But I went into drama in high school, and I got a 70% grade ah. in the class. Yeah. But to be honest, I think it was more so because, you know, goofed around, you talked to your buddies and this and that. Is like, that. It was probably more behavioral based than anything else. But I feel else. like that's not a determinant of whether or not you're a for, good actor. But like, for, for me, it was. Yeah. Right? I just didn't believe in myself. Mm. I didn't know. I actually remember going, enrolling into the drama class in high school and being like, this could be the start of something. I li- I don't know uh, if I've yeah, ever yeah. told anybody this before. This could be the start of something like great for me in terms of like going in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then I remember looking at my grade and just being completely deflated. I re- literally remember remember shrugging my shoulders and being like, eh, I guess it's not for me. And uh, then just <laughs> and then just moving on. That's too bad. Man. Yeah, it's hilarious actually when I think back at it. But I had uh, I, I was always a kid that wanted to taste different things and do different things and. And um, I sort of just gravitated to the thing that I was most uh, talented at. Yeah. Um, I say talent is the thing that you can do the best with the least amount of effort. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was baseball. Oh, really? Yeah. So I played baseball my whole life growing up. And it just sort of came natural. Yeah, to you're me. built kind of like a slugger. Like I can see that. <laughs> it's like... Well, I played a little bit of O-Field. I played... Uh, center field right field left field yeah. and then i became a pitcher okay yeah but anyway yeah so i just i just sort of gravitated towards that mm-hmm. um in my life and just sort of it took me to uh alberta and then north carolina where i finished my couple of university my university oh, so degree you were and, you were legit like you were thinking like this could be my life like yeah wow yeah like did you get like did you do like the double a triple a like anything like that like, no so i was never paid? i was never drafted um, I was in the draft, I think in 2007, if I can remember correctly, and I went undrafted. Wow. Um, but I was in the draft in that year. But it was always something that I thought in my mind that I could get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think true, like, greatness, again, something I always say is true greatness is where talent meets hard work meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, later in my career, as things started to unfold, uh, I truly believe I started to fall out of love with the sport. Yeah. Um, it just felt like kind of like a duty. Thing. Yeah. Like, it, it, felt more of, it felt more like a chore. I wasn't yeah. having as much fun. 
And uh, these were in sort of those crucial years of like, okay, you need to put the pedal down. Yeah. You need to work harder than everybody else in order to be seen, right? In order to, yeah. in order for that opportunity to, to sort of be there. And, uh, you know, and then I had some injuries later on in the career too. Like I had an elbow injury. Um, and, you know, they gave me the option. They were like, hey, you can like get surgery and repair your elbow, or, but you're going to have to sit out another year, red shirt. Uh, um, a year and I just didn't want to again I didn't I didn't have that urge or that drive or that love to kind of want to uh, sit out that year and spend another year in university and I just really wanted to get yeah. my life started did you so, did you get a degree like did you finish yeah oh yeah okay. yeah I got a degree um, so I have a basically like just a general diploma from a community college out in Alberta. Mm -hmm. uh, everything was always based in business. Yeah. So emphasis in business. And then uh, in North Carolina, it was like recreation with an emphasis in business. Hmm. Yeah. Did you like living in North Carolina? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, I liked, I loved living in Alberta and I loved living in North Carolina and mm. sort of for two different, uh, two different reasons. Alberta, I left when I was 18 and I really sort of became a man or started to become a man mm. in Alberta um, from 18 to 21. And then North Carolina, I really love the different culture and I really love the weather. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting. Because, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm thinking about my girlfriend and I are going to move somewhere. I think we're going to go BC probably okay. in the next year or so. But yeah, it's interesting. I have some friends who just moved to Alberta and they, they love it. Like obviously taking advantage of a lot of the oil jobs that are left still. Like mm -hmm. were you ever tempted by that when you're out there? Like, no. oh, I'm just going to make quick buck? No. No. No, never even thought Me about either. it. Yeah. Honestly, never even thought about it. When I was in Alberta, I would just, the only thing that I thought about was baseball and like where I was going to go yeah. and what I was going to do with baseball. Do, um, so how, how did you transition into, so what was the first thing you did? So now you're doing, like right now you're doing video, you're doing photo, you're doing podcasts, you're doing... Yeah. Uh, dad stuff. Like how, <laughs> how did you uh, no? But like, what was the first kind of creative outlet you had? Like, was that something you always carried with you, like to the side? You secretly had a little, you know, photography thing, or no? It's not. No, I was an athlete my whole life. Yeah. And did you look at like? Were you? Did you distance yourself? Like, I'm the jock, and you distance yourself from the creative. Like, was that ever a thing? No, I don't think that I. Again, I'm just the type of person that's just laser focused. Yeah. On whatever it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an, I'm really, it's, it could be good or bad, but I'm an all or nothing person. Yeah. I'm the same and when I, it's either I'm all the way in or I'm not in at all. It's just, there's, I'm black and white like that. Mm -hmm. And when it was baseball, I was like, I'm all the way into baseball, but here's my thing. I'm never worried about going all the way in and like just focusing my energy and efforts towards that thing. And then that thing ending. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that things happen for a reason. I believe that things are meant to happen the way that they do. Mm -hmm. And so once I, so once I'm done with that thing, I'm just done with it. Yeah. And that's it. And then I just move on to something else. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I admire, like, I, I find that a completely like, um, like relieving way to feel and way to think, you know, and approach life. Like when, cause I've had a lot of things that you go all in intensely and it just kind of crumbles beneath you and you're like, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't have to completely just be that. Yeah. It always turns into something else. If you wanted to, if you go all the way in on something. Yeah. So I transitioned. So I, I always found myself to be um, an athlete. And then people would always ask me if I'm going to play baseball again. And like, you know, will you join my... I was the first, my goodness, the first five years I was out of school and done playing baseball, I was asked to be on 
this team and that team and this team mm-hmm. and that team and then it and then it slowly started to slow down but right. then like softball started picking up okay well do you want to play rec <laughs> yeah. softball and then it turned into like sorry oh, right, do you want to play in the lob pitch and you know beer ball or whatever yeah. so so yeah so once i was done there doing baseball i was like i knew that i well i kind of i kind of fell into sales but then once i was in sales i was like okay so where's the top of the food chain with sales like mm-hmm. what what you know who who are making who's making the most money what's the coolest job yeah what's the best sales job i can possibly have and at that time i looked upon um like medical dental or maybe even veterinary sales as being like sort of the top of the heap for sales mm-hmm. jobs um basically where you can make the most money have the most flexibility yeah and it's kind of a sexy industry to be in mm-hmm. right like even you, you're like dental sales. No, right? I mean like, I can see that. It's just interesting. Yeah, no, right. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely in my in my opinion better than like selling insurance or something like that. I, I don't know if that it's necessarily not better, better but it, it's more just, intriguing. It's, it's like just it's, intriguing. Yeah. yeah, it's just a very intriguing concept. It's like, oh, dent- I didn't even really know. And yeah. like same thing with like medical. It's like, oh, you sell hips. Was it? Or yeah. You sell. You know what I mean? Or you sell like instruments? Oh, you're actually in um, surgeries and stuff like that. So med, it's just. Because you think the like warehouses and stores like they're filled by people that had to go sell that like, I always think of the show The Office. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. had to get paper. Like yes. there's an actual whole office dedicated to selling paper. Yeah. So were you? Did you have that office kind of scenario where it's like, was it competitive nature at all? Yes. I mean, depending on uh, again, it, it depends on the industry that you're in. Yeah. Um, when I was in, so when I first got out of school, I worked at Good Life Fitness and I was selling fitness memberships. Yeah. And that's where I really sort of found that I had a knack for sales, but it wasn't necessarily sales that I had a knack for. It was exactly what you sort of told me in the very beginning, which was like just being relatable to people. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized that I could be very relatable to people on a, on a one-to-one scale. And I was just like, hmm, okay, so this is pretty cool. So I did pretty well at Good Life. And then I went and started selling copiers at a couple different companies. And... It was competitive when you were selling memberships at Good Life because, like, it was just like you know one, two, or three sales reps just sitting in a room, and then mm-hmm. somebody would walk in and you'd try to, you'd be like, oh, I'm up, and you know yeah, you'd yeah, go yeah. out there and you'd try to sell, or you would go out on the street and you would try to bring people in to the club and stuff like that. And then when you got into copier sales, it was a little bit more sophisticated, not as like you know golf shirt, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. It was like just a little bit more sophisticated. You start dressing up a little bit more, and. Uh, then you quickly quickly realize that like it's still a very head to head, very dog eat dog environment, mm-hmm. um, but a little bit more structured, a little bit more organized. Like you had certain territories that you sell into, and you can't sell another, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then when you get into medical dental, which is what I was in, it just it's sort of everybody has their own like area. You hardly talk to other sales reps. Hmm. Yeah, you hardly talk to your manager. You just go out and do your thing, and really, it just becomes more about the numbers. So, in general, in sales, like for the most part, it's all about numbers. If you're hitting your numbers, then you're good. But if you if you're in like the again the higher like the higher paying jobs, they don't care about what you do on a daily basis. They just, just care that you're producing numbers. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I've only 
I'll have a question after this, but yeah, my only experience in like a sales purely job is, did you ever do door to door, door to door, like sales? Uh, I did that. I can't say I really did door to door. It's tough. That's yeah, where you like, like actual knocking on doors outside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I, it was like, like right up till Christmas time. Like people do not want to be bothered and I'm selling paint. Yeah. I was like, do you want me to, do you want someone to paint your house for like $5,000? Yeah, exactly. I got a few sales though, but that's like how I got any of my sales chops. Like it was started off right there. Well, it's, it's important. Like I, so I, that's why that's I, what I was going to ask. Like it, cause that's, see, that's the thing. That's what I, I think is really important about this podcast. I want to talk about people who talk with people who have, you know, a creative business because there's so many creatives that there's so many more people that are talented than us that are out there, but yeah. they don't know how to turn that into a business. hundred percent. And like you have years of sales experience, like that must like, how beneficial has that been to it's you? No, it's the number one reason why I'm able to do this full time. Yeah. Without a question. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the pictures that I take. It's cause it's a hundred percent predicated on the fact that I know how to sell. Mm-hmm. And but, I, do, well, we won't take away from the fact that you are a very good photographer. Like, well, you, I mean, I've gotten better. Yeah. But like photography is evolving and art is evolving and it's, you know, it's something that's saturated. It. Yeah. Like, it's, it's saturated. So and, and there's always going to be somebody better than you. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, like what separates you is your ability to know how to sell yourself and your services. Yeah. And there's a million, I say this all the time. There's a million other photographers that are greater than me. There's tons of photographers in the city of Halifax, uh, specifically, but you know, they're not all making money. No, a lot of them will do it for free. Like, yeah, I've, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like really incredible artists. Yeah. Like artists that inspire me within our geographical territory. These artists, like I know for a fact they're not making any money. I know, and it, I, I, I always <laughs> try to... know for a fact. I always like, I, I always have conversations because like I do a lot of live gigs too, like just for fun. I love them. Like they don't pay that well. Yeah. But I like to go get my camera out, but I'll still only do it if I'm paid. Um. But no, I'll talk to the guys or like, you know, I'm like, you're fucking better than me. You got better gear than me. You, you know, like you're right up in there and none of them are making money. Like I try yeah. to get people charged up for two reasons, because one, you'll be happier. And mm-hmm. two, it's better for the industry. Like if mm-hmm. everyone, like you're doing something that a lot of people can't do yeah. and you're completely underselling yourself, you're just doing shit for free just mm-hmm. to get your portfolio up. Like, dude, everyone's got a portfolio. Like, so, so I have two different thoughts on this. So there's a lot of creatives out there that are doing things for free because they don't know how to make money. But then there's a lot of people the, out there. The, I will say there is a balance. I do. I'm doing a free gig on Friday. Well, like, this is what I mean. So there's a lot of people out there that I I personally believe the value in free work is greater than most people understand. Well, that's how we met. You did a free gig for me. Is actually how we are introduced. What did we do? You did um, Jurassic Park. Oh, was that's how we met? We didn't get paid for that. I don't. Did you what? I don't think we did. Now that you say that, yeah, I think it was a uh, sponsor. I don't know. You're right. It was probably just a sponsorship thing. But yeah, yeah so that's what I mean. We'll cut that. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. fine. Um, well, you did an incredible job, by the way. Appreciate yeah, that. It's, uh, um, we had, yeah, we had some, we had some uh, Facebook errors because yeah, of yeah. copyright issues and no, stuff like that. No, but it was, it was still like the most viewed video that the whole channel had. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, it was like that's three, three, four thousand people saw it on YouTube, which yeah. is pretty good considering it's a local outdoor viewing mm-hmm. of a basketball game. Right. You know. Anyway, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So, again, <laughs> I I'm about doing things for free. Yeah. If it's intentional. Uh, do you know what I mean? Apparently, that wasn't intentional. Well, I don't know. I mean, again, that's a, that's yeah. a separate business. Like, so that's a separate mindset. So, the Atlantic Livestream goes through my two business partners mm-hmm. as well. Um, but 
if if you if we're about to if you're if you're doing things for free just because you don't know how to make money, that's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, when you sh- you're an incredible photographer or videographer, and you should be charging, and you're not, that's one thing. But if yeah. you're doing it for your own marketing to connect with people, I do it all the time. Yeah. I'll do free things. If if you're not creating every day, mm-hmm. you're not getting better. I know. Yeah. Every day that you don't create is a day. A missed opportunity, in my opinion. Does like I feel like I go crazy every time I'm not like making something like at least once a day. Like, do you get that feeling? Like, like regardless of the fact of just like, oh, you know, I'm stagnant today. But like, I actually feel like it's in my being as a person. Like, I have to make something today. Yeah. So I feel like that as well. Uh, but I feel like it. I just feel like you just need to get out there and just, I feel like you need to just do things. Yeah. I feel like it's in, I don't know if it's in the fiber of my creative or if it's in the fiber of my fiber of my business mind, Mm -hmm. but I know that I have to be busy. Yeah. Or I have to at least look busy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because perception and reality are, you know, there's a very fine line between perception and reality. Yeah. And as I continue to work with more people, work with more brands, work with more, work more, period. You can see that, like, there's a very fine line between perception and reality. And the people that look really, really So do you mean just like the people who post a lot, like, I'm doing a lot of shit, kind of like, give you that... I get that all the time. People are like, oh, dude, you're so fucked. And like, I'm so busy. I feel like you're fire and everything's going so well for you. But that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. But it's it's not like like things are bad. It's just like I I know I have more capacity to do more things. Yeah. You know, well, that's all it is. But the thing is, it's better than for me. For me, if you're putting something out there, regardless of what it is, it's better than that's Jurassic Park. Yeah. See, that's something we can show. That's you. That's so good. Yeah. But it's better than not putting anything out there at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, like, absolutely. At least look busy. Yeah. But in terms of like actual, you know, dollar figures and stuff like that, like you need to learn how to make money. So that's that's the reason why I've been able to transition. Yeah. Because sales has allowed me to understand how to take the first step, how to how to make one into two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And like I think it's really important to know who you want to work with too. Like if you're doing free stuff and you know that say so you're doing an event and you know that your ideal client type person, like there's gonna be a hundred of them around, that's worth it, you know? Cause you're showcasing you engaging. Like I think one of your biggest selling points having watched you is just like your personability, personability. Like you go up there with your camera, you make everyone fucking smile, <laughs> you know? Like it's so easy to get a good candid camera or good candid shot when you're the guy behind the camera. Yeah, and I think that that's, and that speaks louder than like the end, you know, the end product. And I think that's one thing that's overlooked with photographers and videographers is like, how well can you direct, mm. you know? I think that's one of my biggest bullet points Yeah, uh, as, being a, as being a creative. Again, I think there's all kinds of better photographers out there than me. Way I'm gonna, better. I'm going to continue. Way better. Way better. Way better. <laughs> Such a jerk no, um, it's, it's all, we started this off with a promo for you so that's, that's so okay. funny no yeah, way better way, no that's but yeah no, i think there's no, tons you're, of people out there but you're, way, you're really talented you're really but talented. do i believe you know there's a lot of people out there that can be as personable that can uh get an authentic laugh or an authentic smile yeah or do i believe that there's a lot of people out there that can build the relationships that i can build yeah but there's fewer i, don't know. I would but say there's fewer of the people I've met, you're you're uh, your top three 
that I've met, <laughs> like behind the camera, who have like, and I don't even know where I'd rank, but I just like, I've, just, I've watched you live and I know you're only taking like, you know, 15 shots of an event, right. but like 12 of them are fucking bangers. Right. Like, they're perfect, you know? Well, I mean, I think that's a combination, like I say, it's a combination of because I think okay. creating every day. Yeah. And just having the type of personality that connects with other people. Totally. Makes so people feel at ease. Here's here's one of my uh, small conundrums. Like I've only I'm not a photographer by any chance, like but I I got a paid photography gig a while ago. It wasn't bad. But here's the one thing I find that's tough is that you're really good at is I don't want to seem like an intrusion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's finding that balance between being an intrusion behind the camera and like, Hey, this is all going to be fun for everyone involved, you know? Yeah. And you're, you're good at like, do you ever had like someone be like, Hey, get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But again, that's, that's the one thing that I took from sales is perseverance. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't take anything personally. Like perseverance is number one, Mm -hmm. but you can't be too persistent or it's creepy. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you do, know do, you, do you have those? Do you get those people who like uh, they're hitting you up on LinkedIn like way too much, and you never responded? And I don't like, even. I don't bum, go bum. on LinkedIn anymore. Oh, dude, I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I don't even go. You on gotta LinkedIn go on LinkedIn, anymore. man. I probably should. I mean, I, I, I don't. don't. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I hardly use it. Uh, but there's a your fine LinkedIn. Line. Your LinkedIn is the streets. You're just walking around. Yeah, with your well, camera. in real life. Yeah, IRL. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a. I think there's. I'm, a, a, I'm OL. Man. There's a online distinct difference between. Yeah, like I say, persistence and being creepy. Um, but I think that, again, I think the sales thing has just allowed me to... Uh, first impressions and when you first see somebody for the first time, like how are they going to respond? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like what yeah. tactics can you use so that they'll respond positively? Yeah. And it's really very basic, basic stuff. Like when it comes down to it, it's like if you walk up to somebody, if you walk up to someone with a smile, they're yeah. most likely going to smile back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If they don't smile back, then you just keep it moving. Yeah. Right. Or if you if you can the delivery in that has to be good too. You can't be the guy walking around just for sure haphazardly smiling. Yeah, for sure. But that's that's what I was getting to. Yeah. I'm saying like you know if you if you like I'm analyzing you right now, Mm -hmm. man. You look really fit today. Good job. Thanks. You'd be like what? Cool. Appreciate that, dude. Right. You made this podcast way better. You know. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so, you go up and you analyze somebody. Just briefly, just look at them. Look at what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know what I mean? You don't want to be offensive. Like, it's just little little micro things that I think about in my brain that, how am I going to connect with this person right now? Yeah. Right? Or if it's like, you know, they, they don't have a smile on their face and you could tell they're kind of cranky or maybe they're thinking about something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about going up to them and just being like, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> Getting on their shoulder. You know what I mean? Or just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or sometimes I'll even say, I'll, I, I've lit, I literally use this and it, and it works. 90% of the time yeah, yeah. I'll just walk up to somebody I'll be like laugh they'll be like huh I'll be like laugh I'm trying to take a picture of you you're the only person who could pull that off right you don't want to look creepy in the picture yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they'll be like oh my goodness okay so right. right and then you get a you get a, just a brief moment of like whoa you know inflection and tone and your voice and how you communicate with people that all that all adds to it right yeah like just little things I don't know did you, um, is that something like, did they teach you that when you were doing sales? No, again, this is like, this is what I mean. So I'm just like living life. So they did. So what was taught to me, I, I, I should actually give some benefit to good life fitness because they are uh, good. I thought good life was actually had a really good sales training program. And yeah. as much as people sort of, 
you know, say that they're persistent and they're this and they're that. Like when David Patchell Adams came down, the, the founder of Good Life Fitness came to Halifax, we did this whole seminar on how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was a lot of this like analyzing them and what they look like and give them a compliment and shake them, double hand shake them, yeah. you know? Like tell double hand. Double hand, like give you know, do a hand hug shake. Have you done that in practice? I do it all the time. Wow. Yeah, I do I do it all the time. I've never done that. Uh you know, so you shake them with two hands, yeah. look them in the eye, give them a compliment. Mm-hmm. It's something that like goes a long way. And people are like taken back by it because they're like, oh, why? Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all I'm, of a sudden try, they feel, I'm, they feel, you know, they feel good about the. I'm trying to remember reaction. like the first time, because yeah, like the first time we met, you made like, like I was you and your business partner, but like you made a very uh, big impression. I was like, man, what a nice fucking dude. I like this guy. You know, I can't remember what it was, though, but like we just went for coffee and you were just very enthusiastic and you were like, you know, we we were just like we met two minutes later. We're brainstorming all these ideas that we can do. And it was just fun. I was like, oh, man, like he's just an easy to work with dude. I think recognizing who you're meeting, too. Yeah. If you're meeting another creative, don't go stiff. No. You know what I mean? Like, what's up, G? What's yeah, going yeah, on, baby? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, make, yeah. like make them feel good. Like, Yeah, I, you I gave me know. a nickname. Yeah, you called me uh, you, you called me up. You're like, I'm going to start calling you G. Yeah, probably, like, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Just, there you go. That's what, that's what it was. Right? So this is what I mean. So it's just about making people feel comfortable in your yeah. presence. So, so yeah, I want to I wanna go into a little bit, because um, we were talking about age. You're still a young, young man, but you have a couple of kids. Now, how, how has that been, like... You're how, what is May? How many months is that? We're like six months, six, seven months. Um, you've been going completely just believing in you. How has that been? Has that been tough? It's good, but it's been tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm 32 years old. Um, when I met my wife, I was just getting into dental sales. We've been together for seven years. So I was in dental for about six and a half. Yeah. And um, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, you get the you get you start getting more handcuffs as you get older mm-hmm. and this is why when we were first talking before the podcast even started i said how old are you, you said 24 mm-hmm. and i'm like man you need to go all in right now you know what's so funny i um i think it's only this year that i've like started to been open about my age like i always thought it was like a detriment like mm-hmm. if i was in a in a meeting i'm like oh, i'm 22 i'm 21 23 like i just was like oh they're immediately going to discount me as a person right i was like i'm walking in there never ever letting that come up mm-hmm. yeah but i mean i think i think now i'm like oh you know i'm pulling up on 25 people can fucking relax about it i to be honest you know? with you if that's that's all in my in my mind I, that was all, all in, it, was, it was in my head but. it's in your head but like you also got to realize like what what people are starting to understand like and if they don't understand if they're watching this they need to understand yeah that like a lot of the time if you're working with a younger especially like a creative mm-hmm. if you're working with a younger person it doesn't mean they're more creative and yeah they're probably a little bit less experienced mm-hmm. but they have all the time in the world yeah that's to get th- to get done what you need done like i have restraints on my time yeah you know what i'm saying that's like that's probably the biggest thing for you right like, that's my biggest that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge that i have in terms of being a full-time entrepreneur and creative mm-hmm. is the restraints that i have on my time i have to make time for my family yeah i have to make time for my kids i have to get up with them in the morning i have to pick my daughter up from school. Like I have responsibilities that are time constraints to me that are outside of the business world that I, that they're non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is good. Like, so we set the boundaries for really. sure. You have to set the boundaries, but that's the biggest challenge. And it's yeah. really a big challenge. It's really, really tough because guess what? You need to be in this market. You need to be fast and you mm-hmm. need to be efficient. 
Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, sometimes it even comes to the detriment of quality. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I had uh, my business partner come over because he does um, side jobs and he does a bunch of things very handy. Mm -hmm. And he was painting my house. And he was doing a great job painting my house. But it was taking forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, listen, I, will, I just want my house painted. Mm-hmm. I was like, I will sacrifice the quality of what... You, he was like, well, I got to give you the quality. And I'm like, well, I don't need that much quality. Like, I no. just need it done. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because time is money. Like, I need, I, I need it done. So, for is me... Is he charging per hour? No, it wasn't even that. I'm just saying, like, I could be doing other things. Like, my yeah. house was a wreck and different things like that, right? But what I'm basically, what I'm trying to say is that to the detriment of sometimes even creative and this and that, sometimes people just want their stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the people, there's a lot of people out there that will pay simply to have the product in their hands yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I'm shooting an event, the event is irrelevant 72 hours later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so if I'm shooting an event for the most part, the events want their photos back right away Yeah, because they want to be able to post them on social media. Mm-hmm. Right, because everybody wants to see what's going on. Oh, absolutely! Like that's so. A- so if so, what I'm saying is that like, cool that you want your or real estate. I shoot a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. In real estate, it's always a tight deadline. Yeah, it's always 24 to 48 hours. 48 hours is too long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want them same day, right? And so for me, if I'm done shooting, but then I'm not done shooting until 2:30, then I have to go pick up my kid, and then my 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 children don't go to bed until 7:30. I'm basically out of commission between 2.30 and 7.30. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's tough, yeah. And so now it's like I have to, re- I have to refine that time. I have to figure out where, the, you know, where I can make so that time up. Are you so okay. it's either getting up early or Are you a night owl? No, okay. So I am a night owl, Yeah. but I, I prefer to get up early. Mm-hmm. I prefer you, to get up early because... You feel like you're beating the day. If you, you get be- up early... You're beating the day. Yeah. You feel like you're better than other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. You're like you just look around. You're like, oh, you suck as a sleep. Yeah, I've been sleeping. <laughs> Everybody's still I beat sleeping. the sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I even beat the. I even beat the sun. Yeah. Up. You all right? So like yeah. every. Uh, so you just feel like you feel like your best version of yourself, in my opinion, when you get up early. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. I get caught. I get personally. I get caught in like the late night thing, and then that'll sometimes ruin my morning. Like this morning, I got up later than I wanted to. Like I wanted to be up at seven. Didn't get up till eight. You got no excuses, man. You need to get up. Oh, I know. You need I know. to get up every day. I know. If you're not up by five o'clock every day, who, who is this guy? What are you up? doing? Is this Gary V? Yeah, what's the truth? <laughs> He's Will Smith and Gary V. I'm serious, man. You need to get up because I I'm telling you right sh- now, the biggest mistake that I made probably in sleeping. my life was sleeping. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you better you better wake up. No, but really, the biggest mistake is like. If I really like when I was in my twenties, man, yeah, there's no, I had no responsibilities other than baseball and school. Why was I not up at four thirty every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why am I staying up late? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what am I doing? Like at least five days a week, man. Wake yourself up at four thirty, five o'clock every day, and then you have nothing but time. Like mm-hmm. most meetings don't start until nine o'clock. Yeah, like really, some meetings are eight o'clock. I think the reason though, it, lately, it's just like I've had. You know, I fucking uh, I haven't been filling my days completely. You know, like I'm done everything I wanted to get done that day, like relatively early, and I'm not used to feeling like that. So then I'm just kind of like going in these weird circles of like my mind working like this. Like if I don't have a meeting that day, yeah. you know what I mean. If I don't have shit lined up, yeah. or no shoots or whatever, yeah. it's like, you know, what am I doing? Learn. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I do Educate. that. I do that obsessively, but it's just like you know, book your yourself. days more full. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Do shit for free. No, you're right. No, I am. I'm doing two shoots uh, this week for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's, what I, cause I, that's how I started my week off. I was like, fuck, man. I want to get some it. stuff. Get it. I go into events and stuff. That was the last time I saw you. Was at an event? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you right now, that was my thing. Like, am I an, a, a night owl? Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I like to stay out late, but I prefer to get up early. And getting up early is going to give you a head start on life. Do you have a routine? Uh, loose. Yeah, it's loose. It depends because again, I don't have, I don't necessarily have my own time. Mm-hmm. You know, like my my routine is based on my family. My routine, the hard stops again for me are the responsibilities I've made to my family. One of the responsibilities I've made to my family is you know driving my daughter to school every morning. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, I drive my daughter to school every single morning. If I don't drive my daughter to school, it's like a failure on me. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. something that I don't like. It's like, no, that's my job. That's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a part of my, like, sort of everyday routine. So I don't schedule anything in the 8 to 9 range because I'm like, yeah, that's school time. Yeah. Uh, in the afternoon, it's fine. That's when my wife picks up my daughter from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so, I, I mean, my routine is more so get up, get the kids ready to get out the door, get the kid to school and then work all day. I try to cut it off at, you know, five o'clock, but that's tough if I have an event that night. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if I have an event that night, then I try to spend a couple extra hours during the afternoon, uh, take a little bit of time off, spend a couple extra hours in the afternoon with the kids and the family, uh, so that, or help out or do errands or whatever I need to do. And then I go to the event that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, my schedule is a little bit sporadic. It's sort of all over the place. So the routine is tough. So it just sort of depends on what day it is or yeah. like how, you know, what I got going on that day. Cool. Now I'm glad I'm doing this podcast, man. You're getting me kind of jacked up. I like that. <laughs> I know I've always admired the way you've, uh, you've approached business. You've done a very good job about it. Like you, yeah, you seem to be always out there moving, but you also seem to be able to maintain a happy family. And then you're also posting pictures of people in love all the time. So it's just like, you yeah. know, I feel like you're just kind of, you know, you're just capturing good moments always. Well, I sure, which I is of, like, I mean, I, sh- I guess it's not fair to paint a life like that from the outside and be like, oh, everything's so good. Yeah. But it looks like you're doing a very good job from appreciate the outside. That, pal. I appreciate that. I mean, ultimately, um, I'm just trying to share what I have going on and I still think I suck at it. And that's, I think that's the creative, just like detrimental mind but it's like everyone's plagued with it. And that's what drives us to get better. I've been trying to do it more. Uh, I think to beat yourself up more. No, I've been trying to, uh, <laughs> no, I've been trying to, I've been trying to share more than I actually have. Like, uh, because the more, again, the more people see you doing things, I honestly think it just attracts. It does. Yeah. It's like, man, you're busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got it, it is going funny, on. yeah. Like I've got quite a few gigs, like well-paying gigs, from just going out the day before and shooting for fun. It's like oh, I saw that you did that. I like yeah. that kind of flavor of. So here's video. my thing that I want to say about shooting for free. Like you said, we'll bring it back to what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that you need to be barking up the right tree. Yeah. Though. Like so, for instance, I see a lot of people out there taking really beautiful portraits, mm-hmm. but I still. If it's a creative outlet, I like to take portraits as a creative outlet. But I still, from my business mind and from sales training and everything like that, it's you do something with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To just take a picture of a person 
unless it's a creative outlet, unless you're working on your lighting, you're working on your skills, you just want to have something fun. Fun mm. portrait shoots I really enjoy doing, but mm. you're but I'm not I'm not going to fill out my week with them. Yeah. Because I don't know who's paying me for them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like you're So doing, you need to bark up the right tree. There you has need, to be a, a brand that could, you know, be interested in that style. Not even a brand. Like so There's for instance, anyone. for instance, personal branding. Yeah. Really sweet market right now mm -hmm. right personal branding market's awesome because there's a bunch of creatives out there there's a bunch of entrepreneurs out there in our generation of human beings mm -hmm. we hate being told what to do mm -hmm. and if we're being told what to do you better be paying me enough so that i can go do what i want to do after mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah so a lot of people are starting their own businesses and different things like that and but like not everybody has all the the capital to yeah. be able to pay a professional photographer to do the shoot but they need it but they don't necessarily have the capital. Mm -hmm. That's somebody that I might shoot for, mm -hmm. you know, for free. Yeah. Because it's a it's something that people would normally pay me for. Yeah. Yeah. Like you the, know what the, I mean? Yeah. The market's already there. Yeah. And there's just, a market there for it. But if I'm just doing a portrait shoot of just some of person, just someone, yeah. Right. Like it's not necessarily going to get me to where I want to be what because do you, I don't know what it's going to. It's not necessarily going to attract other people that are going to pay for these things. Have you ever run into like, I'm assuming, like, you have a business mind. Like, you know how to price yourself and stuff. Have you run yeah. into people, like, I'm sure you have, but they're just like, whoa, I'm not fucking paying that. You know? Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, how do you combat that? Like, I mean, like, anytime I've run into that, I'm like, yeah, there are plenty of other people that will do it for cheaper, and you're welcome to go go to them, but this is what I charge, and this is my quality of work that I, I've set, Yeah. and this is what I'm happy to do work for. It's about having your pipeline full. Yeah. Again, chuck it back to sales. Yeah. It's about having your pipeline full. If mm -hmm. somebody says no because your prices are too high and you know you've sold this service to somebody else, yeah. you need to listen to the market. The market will bear what the market can bear. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you sold your services to even one other person, mm -hmm. then that means somebody's willing to pay that price. Yeah. So if you go and you pitch your services to somebody else and they say, oh, that's too much. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay. That's not your market. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. Unless it's something, it's unless it's somebody that you really want to work with, they're valuable for you in some other way. Yeah, no, it's all it's fine. finding that balance. Did we? Uh, did we turn this? Did we turn this up a lot? Mine's like way louder. Oh yeah. It's okay. Um, it's good though. I'm bringing you up a little bit, just like signal-wise. Okay, thanks. Is it too much? No, no, it's perfect. Um, yeah, cool. Um, where were we? We're at uh, pricing and stuff like that. Yeah, pricing. Um. Do you have like a dream dream gig? Is there anything you want to shoot and like? That's a great question. Do I have a dream gig? I am a big pop culture and celebrity guy. Hmm. I love it. I love pop culture. I love celebrities and reality TV and all of that stuff. Yeah, you were telling me you listened to uh, The I, Bachelor? I watched The Bachelor. Watched The Bachelor? Yeah, we're part of what's called Bachelor Nation, baby. That's so funny. <laughs> I never got... There's so many trains I didn't, like, jump on, and that's yeah. one of them. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a big pop culture and celebrity guy. I think it would be really cool to shoot like a I feel like they just give you, like, the first season of The Bachelor when you get married. I feel like it just kind of goes hand in hand. Married guys start start watching The Bachelor all of a sudden. Man, I started watching this before I was married. I yeah. think I actually got my wife into it, to be honest. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but a lot cool. of the time. Uh, so you do? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. A lot of the time, what happens is like you know you have. I had girl roommates and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So sometimes, 
I'm not even going to blame it on that. I just like The Bachelor. He likes it. But I did Wear have girl it. roommates. I'd say I had girl roommates because they were watching Grey's Anatomy, something yeah. that I would have never normally got into, mm-hmm. and they got they got us into it. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, so a dream, a, dream, a dream shoot or a dream job would honestly be, like, I think shoot, shooting some sort of celebrity event would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, like, you know... Will Smith is there, or like all the, you know, all the. Is he your kind of like celebrity man crush? He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be, he would be for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something, something like that. All the, you know, the Kate Beckinsales of the world, or this or that. So I think it'd be really cool to shoot like, um, like the Vanity Fair after party. Yeah. Or like be a part of like something like that. That would be a dream job, uh, for event photography. Yeah, you like the real, like authentic, like this is a celebrity, just being a person. Yeah, yeah, more so like not necessarily like shooting like on the red carpet or like at an event um, where there's television and stuff like that, but more so like shooting like uh, or television cameras and stuff like that, but more so just shooting like a, like an after party just being or there, a celebrity yeah. after party or something like that where everybody's just kind of being themselves and stuff. Yeah, like that. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Um, so do you? So whenever a celebrity like, wedding would be really cool. Yeah, like, yeah there's yeah. some there's some dream gigs that I think are out there. Uh, well, yeah, if this really pops off, people. you know, I'll let you shoot me at a... Do you mind? No. Would that be all right? You can come shoot at one of the after okay. parties. <laughs> episode 100. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just just doing something like that or doing a lifestyle and branding shoot with like, you know, like a huge podcaster <laughs> would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not you, You'll be there one day, yeah, yeah. so I know I'm already I thought that was there. like a jab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm actually dead serious. Like, you know, uh, shooting with like... Um, like a Lewis Howes or mm-hmm. a Gary Vaynerchuk. Or yeah, yeah, Gary would be cool. Doing something like that. I feel like he'd be just like too much though. He'd just be like, duh, 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 and he'd be off somewhere else. Yeah, he'd probably be tough. He'd yeah. Probably be tough. A lot of time, I've, I've heard a lot of photographers that get time with celebrities and they only have very, very short periods of time. But those mm-hmm. are like portrait shoots a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do like a full lifestyle session. I'd love to do, to be honest, I would love to do uh, a Sports Illustrated Oh, okay. uh, shoot because mm-hmm. you get to go to like these crazy places like Bali and yeah um, like the like the swimwear ones yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Sports Illustrated swimwear yeah. like with, with the swimwear models oh yeah because you go on vacation you, you take on, like you go on vacation take a couple of pictures and you're then taking, yeah you're taking crazy photos yeah. like that would be super super cool yeah um yeah working with different brands I, I, I let me get the be. behind the scenes video if you ever get one of those gigs. Uh, I think they actually do post behind the scenes videos. Yeah, yeah. Let me recommend me. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do something like that. Um, so, do you ever flock like in the city when there's like uh, we had Obama here? Like, do you flock to that with your camera like the best you can? Whenever? So, so Atlantic Livestream was actually at Obama. Oh. We got hired to live stream the. That's dope. Yeah, we got hired to live stream the cultural expression, which was the very first part of Obama. But after that, we had to turn our cameras off mm-hmm. because we weren't actually allowed to videotape or record. Obama. Could you take stills? Of Obama. I couldn't even take stills. No. Really? They had a few people that were hired to take stills. Excuse me, but I think it was like for the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's all it was. Okay. You could only take pictures for five minutes, and then you had to put your camera away. Was it a good event? Uh, yeah, it was a good event. It was like Barack Obama was up there on my top list of people. Yeah. That I wanted to uh, that I wanted to see in real life. Uh, we got to sit in the, in the press box, which is really, really yeah. cool. He's definitely, uh, I yeah. wish I would have had a chance to meet him. Uh, but He's definitely know. the most charismatic, like, but like legit politician that I would want to meet. Anyone well, else, I have no real interest. I was, you know, I was just, it's, it's just, he uh, just personifies to me 
what a role model in a position mm-hmm. like that should be. Yeah. You know, I, I don't speak out on political things because I don't feel like I'm well-informed enough mm-hmm. to speak out on political things. Like, you could easily just shut me down and be like, no, this and that. No. no I, don't, I don't think that you shouldn't speak out because you're not well-informed. I think everybody should speak Just know your place and know what you're, but I just, what yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, know what you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, the, that's the title of the episode right know there. Know what you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But you know what I mean? Like, if... At the end of the day, you can make a point about something, and if somebody gives it back to you, and it's a better point, then just accept that. Like, yeah. There's no point in petty arguments. I, I prefer like to be. Well, I don't prefer to be proved wrong, but I like it sometimes because you're like, oh, I learned something. Yeah. At you the know? end of the day, right? Like again, if it's something is not a hundred percent accurate, and like you now say, I have to get up at four thirty every morning now I'm not because I was wrong. I was living life, living life wrong until now. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But anyway, yeah, so if if things aren't 100% accurate in what you say, then you should be able to take the criticism. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I just think that he personifies just a role model in the way that he speaks and the way that he speaks to his wife and the way that you see their interactions together Mm -hmm. and the way way that um, he talks about his family and all of those things. The people, somebody that's in that powerful of a position in the world, I think should be a role model to the world as well, regardless of their politics and regardless Mm -hmm. of how they feel how you feel about uh, the decisions they've made while they're in office. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Because vanity is real. Yeah. We're, we're in the vanity industry. We're in yeah. to taking, p- taking pictures and videos and like capturing people, you know, and then obviously trying to bring the best out of people, bring their personalities out and everything like that. But, you know, you don't always get that just from one single photo. You don't mm-hmm. always get the type of person that they are just by looking at a photograph. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. But that doesn't always happen, right? Absolutely. So it's important. It's important to be a role model when you're in a position like that. That's what I think about him. Wow. Well, I think um, I think as speaking with a person that I consider a role model in business, especially in this region, and someone I look up to, I think that's a good place to cap this podcast off. Um, appreciate you for coming and joining us here on the Driven Few. Uh, our very first guest, Ryan Williams. You can follow him on Instagram at I am Ryan Williams. I am. And uh, his podcast is called What You Make It. Yeah, What You Make It podcast is the Instagram handle. Um, and that's available where? Uh, that is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Perfect. You too? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Gabe. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.